Hey everybody, it's me again. It's my face. Do you recognize me? Well, I'm sorry. Yep, the set is back. We got everything back. Welcome to the number one sports podcast on the entire planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp, and we have a packed episode for you today. Um, I, have a, I have a few updates on the transfer dancers we talked about last week. Um, I, got a, I got a decent amount of lists we can get into with the NFL. I got an NBA list. Um, we're just going to get this show on the road. Thanks for everybody who uh, maintained through the, the show last week. I know the highlight clips and stuff were just kind of boring. You're just kind of listening to me over. I um, appreciate you guys watching, though. really do. I love my fans. Big fan guy. Um, Anywho, let's jump right into the show. College football transfers are rolling in and out everywhere, mostly quarterbacks. Um, I haven't seen any other big position players come out and say I'm transferring that's made the uh, sports world their minds boggle and whatnot but it's mostly just been quarterbacks that we've been worried about and I'm going to start off I'm going to start off by saying yes I was wrong about Spencer Rattler he's committed to South Carolina um you know I think I think it had to do with um you know I said he went he was going to Nebraska last episode and I had I had a few sources of mine you know tell me hey Drake this is where Rattler's going we're we're not wrong and hey my sources were wrong. Um, don't worry, they're fired. I got on the phone with them, had a had a brief chat. They're fired. Um, but uh, yeah, Rattlers, South Carolina. Uh, but you got to think there was a few. There were two other transfer quarterbacks that said we're out, and I'm gonna get into them here in a second. But where was I right? Quinn Ewers is off to Texas. Yep, he's fulfilling the mulleted football throwing legacy by going back to his roots. Isn't that amazing? I was right there. Uh, Adrian Martinez has yet to make his decision, and uh, California, where I'm calling, their quarterback just declared for the NFL draft, um, so it makes it a little more likely for him to make a homecoming back to his uh, home state of California, become a Golden Bear, and then we got the two guys that announced they were uh, transferring over the over the week. Um, Bo Nix, first, out of Auburn. Now, this is the guy where um, I think caused a little questioning for Rattler uh, going to Nebraska because this guy is everything that Nebraska breathes, lives, and dies by. The the kind of the the football is family. This is this is what Nebraska breathes is college football. That's what you know, that's kind of the persona he he uh, gave off at Auburn. They Auburn was fully behind this guy for years and years and years and he treated Auburn like a family and you know he's has one more year left of eligibility. You need somewhere that treats for this guy's persona, you need somewhere that treats college football like kind of a, a family environment, you know, everybody knows everybody kind of deal. Um, and I think Nebraska is the perfect place for that. I really I really believe, in, first of all, Nebraska needs a quarterback. I don't trust Logan Smothers one bit. Second of all, um, it's everything that this guy can, you know, what he's lived for at Auburn, and he needs – Nebraska just got a new offensive coordinator designed for – Way more passing plays. It was Pittsburgh's offensive coordinator who, uh, you know, led Kenny Pickett to now being a possible top 15 pick in the NFL draft. And I, I'd be stupid to say that Bo Nix isn't playing for the NFL draft in his last year. I think Nebraska could possibly do that. He's a good quarterback. Um, the family, football family environment at Nebraska, I think it's perfect for him. And then we then we have another quarterback who's uh, also entered the transfer portal. Kind of surprised me. Uh, it kind of made me think, hey, maybe this guy will stay um, because of their new head coach. But it's Keaton Slovis 
out of USC. He said he's transferring from USC um, after the Lincoln Riley uh, hiring, and you get, they're bringing in a lot more recruits. You got to think a few of those are quarterbacks, a few of those that uh, were recruited by Riley. So this guy is just sitting there at USC with this new guy coming in with his legion of recruits following. Um, I really think that Washington, that yes, the Huskies at Washington would be a great fit for this guy. Here's why. Um, they haven't been elite, and man, they were a college football playoff team about five or six years ago. I can't remember the exact year, but the Huskies led by, uh, what's his name? They had a very good quarterback. Um, his name was Jake. I forget his last name. I could be completely wrong on that, but he was an NFL prospect for a second, and this guy might want to get back at his school for leaving him in the dust. USC, Pac-12, Washington, Pac-12. I think they can design a lot of stuff around him offensively. Pac-12 is an offensive powerhouse conference. We all know that. And you have a legion of recruits following Lincoln Riley, and this guy is just standing there waiting to meet him and saying, hey, you're my replacement. I understand that. I wouldn't stay. Why would I stay? You, It's, it's a great choice on this guy's part. Um, and I think you can... Really, I think Pac-12 is where this guy wants to go. Um, Washington or uh, UCLA would be a good spot for him. They both need quarterbacks. They both can provide the same offensive powerhouse type deal as USC did. And he's a solid quarterback, and he wants one more shot. Got to give it to him. So those are the two guys who uh, entered the transfer portal over the week, Bo Nix and Keaton Slovis. Not, you know, top-tier talent like Quinn Ewers or uh, the uh, – you know, kind of the sports news capacity as Spencer Rattler was. But still big news, still guys that are capable of make, playing good football, making teams a lot better. So, yeah, no, besides quarterbacks, not a lot of other transfers in college football to be in the slightest. Not really at all of any, like, worth any news. Um, we had a Heisman winner announced. It's about, yeah, it's about that time. Uh, Bryce Young, freshman. Um you know, I, I really just want to just talk about him and tell him, like, I really think this guy is the best QB in his class. Not only his class, I think he's the best QB in this year's class. Like, over Kenny Pickett, over Matt Corral, this guy is made for the NFL. And he's a standout, humble guy. Um, If you look at his stats, they're almost equivalent to Joe Burrow, and he's got a lot more legs on him, too. He can run He can run a lot better than Burrow can. Um. You know, as much as I hate Alabama, I got to give props to this guy. He's a very humble, standout guy. Um, he works with the offense well. He's all about his game. Um, and with the NIL deal, this guy is making more money in college football than any other college athlete right now. Um, it's ridiculous. Before he played his first game, he was making a little over a million, a little over a million dollars. Um, I think that's what it was. He signed a few deals, and this guy is just. I, I like this quarterback a lot. I think he's a very good quarterback. And I think, you know, next year he can make one lucky NFL team a lot better. Um, Well-deserved Heisman from Bryce Young. You had Aiden Hutchinson, Kenny Pickett, C.J. Stroud available for the award. But um, I think it's the right choice, without a doubt. I saw a few people, people saying Hutchinson got robbed. Um, no, this guy was ridiculously good. He had the same stats as Burrow when Burrow was the undisputed Heisman. Um Anywho, yeah, props off to Bryce Young. So the uh, playoffs are coming up for college football. Um, you know, we got Alabama-Cincinnati. Um, 
Michigan, Georgia. And as much as I disagree with the rankings, I'm going to make a few predictions for them. So the Alabama-Cincinnati game, I'm going to go Alabama. Um, I, got, I got a score of 49-13. to 13. I think it's going to be a, yep, it's going to be a destructive game. Uh, Alabama is just years ahead Cincinnati on every level. Every level. Um, they're just an elite, you know, compared to Cincinnati, they're a lot more elite, a lot more put together. I don't know any NFL prospects for Cincinnati. Um, you know, Alabama's number one for a reason. I personally disagree with that, but who, who am I to say anything? Um, Michigan, Georgia. Now this one may surprise, may surprise some people, but I really think Michigan's going to pull off the dub 39 to 33 in overtime. I think, um, I think Chase Hus or, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is going to take over completely. Um, I think the run game of Georgia, or uh, not Georgia, of Michigan is going to completely dismantle Georgia's defense. Um, Haskins is a great running back. Um, they have a great offensive line. Michigan's defense is just as good as Georgia's defense. And I think they just have a little more talent on the offensive end than Georgia does on their offensive end. I have an overtime game, 39-33 Michigan. And in the college football uh, finals, bowl, whatever bowl that is, um, I got Michigan 28 to 24. Yes, very surprising. I know it might be my bias hate towards Alabama. I don't know, or I want a Big Ten school out of it. I kind of just want something different, and I really think Michigan can do the job. Uh, I don't think Alabama has an as an elite defense as Georgia, and I think they uh, Michigan can put on a great running attack against them. I think Aiden Hutchinson's going to disrupt everything going on for Alabama. I think. Who might get at least two to three sacks. Um, they have a great front four, probably just as good as Georgia with a little better offense. And I think they'll pull off the victory here. So I got Michigan winning the Natty, uh, 28 to 24. And yeah, that's it for college football. Um, here's the list. NFL power rankings, we're back. It's, it's a lot of people's favorite part of the show. Um, we, we've got a few changes on here from last week. Um, not Not the best football over the weekend. I was pretty. I was almost asleep by halftime of most, almost through red zone. Luckily, Scott Hansen woke me up. Thank you, Scott. Um, but for honorable mentions, I have the Ravens, 49ers, Washington, and Buffalo. I think those four teams can edge their way into the top top ten, possibly after this upcoming week. Um, they're all good football teams. They're all capable of you know, maybe making a playoff run. I really see only the Ravens and maybe the Bills capable of doing that. The AFC is a lot more competitive right now than the NFC. I see like two or three NFC teams um, going all the way. I could see five or six in the AFC going all the way. I really can. Possibly. But I have favorites, but there's possibilities for all those teams. Uh, starting out at number 10, I got the Tennessee Titans. 9-4 and four record. You'd think with a 9-4 and four record, they'd be a lot higher. But here's the deal. Um... They just can't maintain that elite status. They can't beat elite teams. Um, they have they had a good win against the Bills earlier on in the season, and that's the most elite win I've seen them ha have. They've kind of had a cakewalk schedule, if we're being honest. Uh, but they're nine and four. They're beating teams. Uh, they manage the clock well. They still have their run game with Derrick Henry out. They're using Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, they have a great secondary led by Kevin Byard. Uh, solid run defense. They're coming off a shutout, so I mean they're dominating medi below mediocre teams. Um, once Derrick Henry comes back, I think this team will you know level up. But right now they're sitting at number ten. They need to beat an elite team, you know, before the season ends, or else, I mean, in the playoffs, I really don't see them going past the wild card round. 
anyway, at number nine, I got the Colts in division as the Titans. I think they're just a better Titans team. Um, they're coming off a shutout as well, um, a, th- a thriller with the Bucks, and dismantled a good Bills team. Um, I love the way they play. One of the best run defenses in the NFL and the best active running back right now with Derrick Henry out um, and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Carson Wentz is playing like a playoff-esque quarterback. Um, they have a great balance team in the AFC. Um, this is a team that I could see maybe making the divisional round of the playoffs if they play the way they, they've been playing. They have a ridiculous run defense. If they force teams to pass, manage the clock well, they're going to be in a good position. Uh, number eight, I got Dallas. Now, here's the deal. They looked so dominant in that first half. I was I was thinking they're, they're a top five team during that entire first half against Washington. And then they just shut down a tad in the second half. I mean, Dak kind of just looks like he's in a slump right now, probably getting used to his receivers coming back, you know, with Cooper in and out. C.D. Lamb was hurt for a second. Um, Zeke needs to be at an elite level if they want to be in the top five. Um, the only elite... The, the reason why they're in this top 10 list is because of their defensive play. The defense won them that game against Washington. They're still winning games with Dak, Dak Prescott in some sort of slump. I kind of see him and Josh Allen in the same slump right now. We all know they're good. They're just not playing at the elite level that they could. Um, number seven, I got the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert's playing at an MVP, elite, MVP level. Uh, their offense can not be stopped in the slightest. Um, every They've dismantled their last three teams that they played the Giants Bengals um they had a good win against the Steelers as well uh they're winning in shootouts and that can get you somewhere especially in the division with the Chiefs um you know there I could see them as a dark horse team in the AFC they have a possibility of making the AFC title game uh the problem is their defense but when they're scoring 30 to 40 points a game and the other teams only scoring 20 every game it seems like that the last three games um that's that's a Super Bowl-esque team right there. Um, I really see them. I could see them making the Super Bowl. I really could. They're a very good football team. They have pure offensive play, um, great running back in Austin Eckler, great receiving core. They're they're a solid team. Number six, I got the Bucks. Now, call me crazy. The Bucks at number six, are you kidding me? Um, their defense cannot stop a tempo drive. Now, they were up. They were dismantling the Bills. In the first half, I was like, yep, top 10. It's kind of like the Cowboys. They're a top five team. Um, But then they kind of shut down. While Brady's playing at an MVP level, their consistency is off. Um, You can't allow a slumped Bills team to come back on you like that and take you to overtime. Um, You know, everyone's saying, oh, Tom Brady in the playoffs. No one's going to stop him. If they catch Tom Brady and the Bucks on an inconsistent day, one of these teams they're going to lose, especially with the Rams, Cardinals, Packers. These teams are all very elite football teams. And if the Bucks are losing to teams like the Saints and the the football team, it's not going to bode well for them in you know, in like the wild card or divisional round or wherever they are. Um I'm not sold on them yet for top 5. I'm really not. They have a great offense. Brady's the MVP right now, but consistency is a factor. Sorry. Number 6, I got the Bucks. Number 5, I got the Cardinals. Mistakes were the only reason they lost against the Rams. They have a very solid run game with Murray, Connor. Um they have a very solid D-line with Chandler Jones and crew. Um good run D. Had here's I think Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. They were out for a while. They came back. They're probably getting everybody going again. Um, this is their first real test since their injury-riddled quarterback and receivers came back. 
Um, it's an overreaction to say this team's not elite. They're very offensively gifted. They can beat good teams. They have beat good teams all year. And I really think that uh, they're a contender in the NFC. I really do. Number four, I get the Chiefs. Now, you would be thinking, Drake, um, yeah, it's obviously Patrick Mahomes. No, their defense is playing at an elite level. And I did not think I was going to say that um, earlier on in the season. I was very clear in saying that they were the worst defense in the league. And they were. But something happened. I don't know what it is. I might need a Chiefs fan to explain it to me. But they just leveled the division rival. Pat Mahomes is giving his glimmers of MVP Patrick Mahomes again. That receiving core is back. Uh, still got the same guys. And they're starting to get into the groove of things. If that offense gets back to you know last year's-esque offense, I really think that they're the AFC favorites. But not until the Patriots, at number three, simmer down. They're fresh off a bye uh, and a division win against the Bills without passing the ball more than four times um this is the most de- elite defense in the league um insane pass rush best pass rush in the league um i know you get the rams with aaron donald and von miller but they're not putting up the same numbers as the patriots are um defense wins championships and they control the tempo with the run game and pass when they need to they're a very old school put together football team brought to you by bill belichick that's they're insanely good they're the best team in the afc in my opinion at number two, I got the Rams. Now, I was very critical of them. I was saying their superstars aren't clicking, that schemes over teams, but their scheme and their superstars were clicking. Sean McVay, great coaching last night against the Cardinals. Um, they looked nuts against the Cardinals defensively, and they were without Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Stafford and Beckham were in their elements. Um, it's great that for the Rams that Odell Beckham is playing at an elite level again. Um, if the superstars on this team can click consistently, they're the best team in the NFL, hands down. They have the superstars for it. If they can click, um, it's over because they went all out this year for a Super Bowl. And if it pays off and if their scheme starts to click and the chemistry's there, it's over. But right now, the Packers at number one are the most balanced team in the league with the most talented quarterback in the league and the most talented receiver in the league and one of the most defense best secondaries in the league easily um what more can you say they're beating good teams um they've they've been injury riddled all year and are still putting up wins um fully healthy this team by far is the best team in the league and it's all about balance with them Uh, if you look at other teams like i named like the patriots not as good of an offense if you look at the rams not clicking as well um not as good of an offense either um i think they kind of have even defenses but we saw the packers beat the rams to a Two weeks ago, was it? Yeah. Um, It's by a touchdown. Things could change. But by far, when they're stable, the Packers are the best team in the league. And that is your NFL Power Rankings, brought to you by me. Um, Insist the list, part two. Now, I was was laying in bed the other night. I was eating um, a crab cake uh, completely naked, and I was just thinking... You know, in five years, when I'm 24 and hopefully a millionaire, um, who's gonna be who? Who's because who is gonna be the best team in the NFL? I was just thinking about that, and I was like, what teams right now could jump up to that elite talent level? What team has a future? What team can take over? Um, I have five dark horse teams in five years. So in five years, these are the teams that I think can can be at an elite level. They're not yet. They're not even close. Um, teams right now I didn't include in this list, like the Chiefs. We all know they're good. We all know they're, they're going to be good, Like and the Ravens as well. 
Um, they have their franchise quarterback signed to multi-year extensions. They're going to be good through these years unless like a career-ending injury happens. But knock on wood. Anywho. Uh, so these are the NFL dark horses in five years. A lot's changed in five years. Um, think back to 2016. The NFL was a lot different. Um, but here we go. Number five, I got the Eagles. Very, very young offensive squad and receiving core. They have the O-line. They need a lot of defensive help, but the offense is there to build around. They have very good young receivers. Um, think of it, Jalen Rager. Uh, I think Dallas Goddard, the tight end, will be there for a while. Um, Quez Watkins, that speedster, he's very fast. Jalen Hurts, I think he's a franchise quarterback. If they get a few defensive pieces in that front seven and you know a few pieces in the secondary, they're set, and they have a good coach. Um, I like their coach. I think he has a good scheme for Jalen. Um, I think he puts them in a good position. I think the Eagles can get back to that elite status again. They're very young. They can be good. Um, look out for them. I think they could be a dark horse team uh, next year, maybe a wild card spot team. Uh, they were this year. They have an easy schedule coming up until they lost to the Giants. Um, they were thought to be maybe a wild card in the hunt team. Uh, number four, I got my Bears. I'm sorry. They have their franchise quarterback. They have a solid receiver to build around. And now that known defense just needs a little extra pieces. Uh, maybe a few pieces in the secondary, a solid nose tackle, um, and most of all, a solid-minded offensive head coach. We know Nagy's getting fired. We need some. They need somebody that just brings offensive fire to the Bears that we've never seen before. Um, and Justin Fields definitely can bring that as the quarterback. Um, and it just needs somebody put the put the pieces together. Um, you know, they have a developing offensive line. Their receiving core. They have one good. They have one good solid guy. They have a good tight end. Um, running. I'm not going to talk about running backs when making these lists because running backs are the most replaceable position in football. And in five years, I can't name any team's running back. I don't think you can predict what running back will be on what team in five years. Um, they're very replaceable. Um, you have your elite running backs, but they bounce around. Um, and they, for a reason, have the lowest career expectancy of any guy because they get hit so much. Um, but yeah, uh, if they get an offensive minded head coach, the bears have their franchise quarterback, a solid receiver. Now they just need to build around that with a few extra defensive pieces and they're good in five years. I really think that they can be elite. Uh, another surpriser. Um, I got the lions, uh, Dan Campbell, their new head coach. You, you might see a video clip of him in a press conference every week. This guy loves his team, he brings fire to this squad. He's the coach they need, and they have a great young secondary. Um, they just need a few pieces on the front seven and a franchise quarterback to build around. Um, I think they'll get their quarterback, not this offseason, but the next. Um, they're in line for the number one pick in the draft, and they'll get a good spot. Uh, probably draft either uh, Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, um, and they'll get a great pass rusher. Um, they're a few pieces away from putting up a lot of dubs. And in five years in time, I think it's very possible. Uh, let's see, number two, I got the Bengals. All right. So they're kind of going, they're surprising people this year with their offensive play. Um, they have a positive record. But they've been the ass of their division for years on end. And they have an offense. We've seen glimmers of it with Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. 
Um, it's just not put together yet, yet, and neither is their defense. Um, but they have their franchise quarterback. They have a really good receiver. Um, Joe Mixon's re- there right now. Um, we don't know in five years if he will be, but I can see the bro-chase connection being there for a long time. And then number one, I have the Broncos. Great young secondary, and they re-signed completely th- their entire receiving core. Um, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, um, Jerry Judy, all those guys are very young receivers. Um, they just need an offensive line, front seven kind of deal, defensive offensive line, and they're good. Uh, the line game wins championships. They have all the talented guys. They also need a franchise quarterback, but I think that receiving core is very underrated, and I think they have a great young young secondary led by uh, Simmons or Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertain. These guys know how to play football. Sertain will be there for a while. Think of it in five years. He'll be in his sixth year. He'll probably be one of the most elite corners in the league. Um, you know, looking down five years, making predictions is way, way too early, isn't it? Um, things could be completely different. Um, but I really see those five teams as teams that could be kind of dark horses. We know teams like the Chiefs, um, the Bills will be there, Ravens, kind of all AFC teams, but you get the gist of it. Cardinals, got kind of teams that have their young quarterbacks to build around and that we know will be there like those teams I just listed but um those five teams that I just listed if they get their franchise quarterback for a few of those teams they're set they really are and I can see the NFL completely changing in that aspect anyway on to hoops Stephen Curry is about to break the three-point record tonight could he do it in Madison Square Garden that'd be sick um and you know, we all thought the Ray Allen record was unbreakable. In comes Steph Curry. We're all witnessing greatness. I used to hate him. I really did. But um, here's my top five shooters of all time besides Steph Curry. Uh, number five, I got Kyle Korver. Now, he's fifth all time in three-pointers made. He shoots 43% on his career. Always the best shooter on the court. He's a great role player. That's why he's kind of distinguished from these other guys because Korver's not really known as a legend, but... Shooting-wise, one of the best shooting forms I've ever seen, and he's great from the free throw line. Um, He's bounced around his whole career, but he's always been a reliable shooter. Shooting 43% on a 10-year-plus career is amazing. Number four, I got Steve Nash. Now, you might be surprised. Threes aren't everything. I'll, I'll say being classified as a shooter isn't just threes. It might be in you know, the next 10 years probably, but he shot 91% from the free throw line in his career. And while he didn't shoot a ton of threes, he still, like Kyle Korver, shot 43% on his career. Very fluid jump shot. One of the best I've ever seen. Probably the best free throw shooter of all time. Steve Nash is nuts. He's got a great mid-range too. Um, he's at my number four. Number three, I got Reggie Miller. He used to be the three-pointers, uh, three-point champion crown holder. Um, all the old heads love him. He's got a very ugly jump shot, but he made himself a legend because of his shooting. 18-year um, career would have been awesome if he won a title, but he didn't. Um, to make yourself a legend just based off shooting, um, it's un- it's unheard of. It's just only a few guys have done it, like Steph Curry. But um, Reggie Miller himself, absolutely nuts. I don't know how I've seen his jumper. It's ridiculous. But it went in, and he was at a point the all-time three-point record holder. Number two, Ray Allen. Um, Ray Allen broke that record. Uh, he's the clutchest shooter 
of all time. Um, he held the three-point record forever that we all thought was unbreakable. Um, he was an all-around player till he maintained himself as just a shooter throughout his late 30s. And throughout his late 30s, he was still considered probably the best shooter on the court by everybody. Um, that, that's insane at a, at a late age to do that. We all know the three-point shot he took in the finals with the Heat. Bosh, rebound, back out to Allen, bang. Um, it's ridiculous how fluid his jump shot is. Um, he's always in form. He's ridiculous. But I got Clay Thompson at number one. Um, he's close with Curry as the best catch-and-shoot player of all time. That's the only thing I really see Clay being close with regarding shooting with Curry is probably catch-and-shoot, but I think he's very close to being the best catch-and-shoot player of all time. He's broken numerous records for threes in a quarter, uh, threes in a game, and in the end, he'll be up there. Uh, yeah, uh, Clay Thompson is ridiculous just watching his form he's always ready to shoot insane and yeah besides Steph Curry those are my top five uh three-point shooters no not three just regular and besides Steph Curry those are my top five shooters of all time and that concludes your show thank you everybody for watching um sorry I feel like completely sick um but anyway that's gonna be the episode the set's back I know you're happy to see my face, all that jazz. Um, thank you much for watching, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Peace.